Heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. Uh, Heroes, at the end of last week's episode, I said that we were going to be running a green hour for this week. While we will still feature a green hour, uh, it's going to have to wait because we ran into a major technical problem that made us have to shift it back one series. Instead, we're going to be bringing you Trial by Dominique Dickey. If you're a fan of the Campaign Skyjacks podcast, you already know a little bit about Dominique Dickey because they helped us as a cultural consultant for one of the issues we ran into producing that show. In addition to being an accomplished cultural consultant, Dominique is also an incredible game designer as well. And Trial, the game they brought us for this week, is really special. It's a story game for playing out a legal drama. I, I say drama in loose terms because it also, as you're going to find out, works very well for comedy. Made for groups of four to six players, it has rules for telling the story of Bruce Orson, a 23-year-old black man who is on trial for the murder of Abigail Burke, a 33-year-old white woman. For every game, Miss Burke was last seen with Mr. Orson at the Yellow Jacket Lounge on the evening of Friday, April 26th. Her body was found the following morning at 7.42 a.m. And after that, it's up to you, your group, and whatever you happen to roll. I think one of the first role-playing experiences I really legitimately had in my life was mock trial in high school. So this was an extremely fun trip down memory lane. And although the premise for the game is pretty loaded and could be sensitive with certain groups, the safety tools recommended help make it smooth sailing for everyone. I had so much fun playing this game, and I think not only is it a great game to bring to your group at home, it is a great game to introduce people to the concept of story games and role-playing games. Before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that Dominique is currently preparing for a Kickstarter of one of their other designs, titled Tomorrow on Revelation 3. Tomorrow on Revelation 3 is a tabletop role-playing game about surviving and building a community on a hyper-capitalist space station. Clearly, Dominique loves playing with satirical themes, and I'm really looking forward to a sci-fi take on that. Dominique is teaming up with design partner Charles Linton for that, and if you'd like to check it out, you can follow the link in our show notes to see the preview page and get notified as soon as the project goes live. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. Uh, first up, a voice that you have not heard in, I think, too long, and that is my good friend, Allie Barthwell. Allie, welcome to the show. Oh, what's up, nerds? How y'all doing? <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's a loaded question to ask, I, I, I think, in the world <laughs> that we live in, but I think everybody can confidently say that we're happy to see and hear from you. Allie, for those who maybe haven't been following along with the Allie Barthwell verse, where can people find you? Where can they see your work? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at WT Flanksteak. Um, and right now I'm a writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, which is airing on Sunday nights on HBO or HBO Max. So you can check that out as well. Yeah, those episodes, now that Allie is a part of that show, whenever I watch it, every time I laugh, I can go, that was Allie's joke. And then anytime I don't enjoy it, uh, I know someone else wrote it, which is just sort of a fun game that you get to play. That's a better strategy than all of my friends texting me during the episode. Was that one just you? <laughs> uh, and <laughs> including all members of my family. So that's a fun game you can play at home to just laugh and think. 
Oh, that was Allie. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you just don't need to bring Allie into into your experience of John Oliver's little world, and that, that's fine, him and his <laughs> void. Allie, because we are playing Trial today, and it is a courtroom-focused game, I, I want to know, uh, do you have a favorite like courtroom drama or anything that like takes place in a court and media anywhere? Yeah, I'm going to say the film Legally Blonde. It is a perfect film. It is perfectly structured. All of the characters are amazing. There's not a single moment or scene that I would cut. And I really love that it's very high stakes and that it's a murder trial, but it centers around perm maintenance, which is a great low stakes rejoinder to a murder trial. I think hard agree on that. Legally Blonde, a film that deserves all the sequels and musical that it got. Truly stellar. <laughs> Let's go on to someone who I think the last time we had him on one shot, he was playing a lawyer, but no, 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 you, you, you've been on in between then. Whatever. We've heard him play, be a lawyer before though. And that's CJ tour CJ. Thank you. Last time I played a magician, the lawyers of the entertainment business. <laughs> <laughs> I like that very much. CJ, where can people find your work? I'm a writer for Jackbox Games, so you can find my work with your friends and family over Zoom Hangouts. I also Twitch stream the games through Jackbox with a good friend of mine, Liz Anderson. And Jackbox has foolishly given Liz and I control of uh, the TikTok channel, too. So look out for those. Yeah, if you want some TikToks made by people in their 30s, this is your opportunity. Everybody does. And uh, also, you can hear me in podcast form on Lakeshore and Limbo with a, a very special person who I'll just, God, I wish they were here right now because they just light up every every audio medium I'm in. It would be cool if One Shot had the pull to get anyone from Lakeshore and Limbo apart from you. We'll, we'll see if we can manage that at some point in the future. Uh, CJ, I have to ask, do you have any favorite like courtroom media? Oh, I my father wanted to be a lawyer so bad and hated the criminal justice system so much he didn't do it but that meant he we watched everything i have seen a few good men 25 times because my family would stop oh, wow. what we were doing if it was on tbs especially if it was the trial scene <laughs> wow wow that's fun that what what a what, yeah. a, what a fun tradition <laughs> 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 and also, what a great decision to step completely away from our bad criminal justice system. Now, let, let's move on to a, a very special guest, a very special person, and the first time that we've been able to meet them on One Shot. And uh, Tina, welcome to the show. Oh, me? Was I being spoken of earlier? I I put my mic together. I, I ran as soon as I heard Lakeshore in Limbo. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a little bit of foreshadowing that we were able to do for the audience's benefit. You can't say that we don't pay off on what we promise. <laughs> Tina, I'm so happy to have you here. Please tell everyone, where can we find your work after everybody enjoys this performance very much and just can't get enough of you? Okay, so I am on Twitter and Instagram at Tina2Cats, just spelled out in all the ways you would expect that to be spelled out. And I, 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 like you said, Lakeshore and Limbo, that's where you can listen to the podcast on Arcade Audio with my friend CJ and our other two buddies. <laughs> it is a very fun show, audience. Like, especially, you know, you're listening to One Shot, you like actual play stuff. I think you will really like Lakeshore and Limbo and the whole cast from that show is stellar. So please check them out. Tina, 
I have to know what what is your favorite courtroom drama like media that you've seen it doesn't have to be drama just like any courtroom stuff well, I was gonna say because mine is not quite a drama um and and maybe a sort of a silly answer but Futurama is one of my favorite tv shows of all time and there is an episode mm-hmm. where they um have to remake an old show called sexy female lawyer which is based on ally mcbeal yeah <laughs> and that whole episode is just for me a plus what i think of immediately when i think of courtroom dramas that is an extremely good pull and i appreciate that very very much <laughs> So the the last member of our party is actually the designer of the game that we're about to play, and that's Dominique Dickey. Dominique, welcome to One Shot. Thank you. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. This game is something when I I first got to see it after we we, we spoke for Campaign Skyjacks, like I went to look at trial and was like, oh, this game is very good and and very fun. So I'm super happy that we got to have you help us show it off to the world on one shot. But do do you have any other projects that you'd like to highlight since you've got the airtime right now? Yeah. So my game tomorrow on Revelation 3 that's co-written with my friend Charles Linton is about surviving and building community and making positive change and community organizing on a hyper-capitalist space station. And that is on Kickstarter right now. Hey, everybody. It's your editor, Tracy, here. Just a quick note to say that due to some technical difficulties, this episode is coming out um, earlier than we expected it to. So... Dominique's Kickstarter does not actually launch until March 10th, 2021, so that's like two-ish days from now. really depends on when I get this edit done, so uh, just uh, go follow it and back it. Yeah. And you can find the link on my Twitter, Dom S. Dickey. It'll definitely be pinned. Um, and you can also find details on my website, DominiqueDickey.com radical i mean y'all are about to see how much fun the games are that dominique designs dominique is a very very clever person and like so has such a good perspective that is expressed very well through design i am so excited to dive into this and show this off before we do though dominique i gotta know do you have a favorite bit of courtroom media that you enjoy so when you said that you were going to ask us this question my first thought was the post-plane crash lawsuit episode of Grey's Anatomy. But um, my actual answer is probably 12 Angry Jurors. Radical. (laughs) We got like a fake answer and a real answer. Like, I am not a Grey's Anatomy person. I I did not, I I, I don't know that, but I do know that other one. Uh, So I, and and really, (laughs) I watched that probably 20 years ago. So I barely remember it. But uh, to, to look not, to look smarter than I am, I will go, yes, I, of course, remember that piece of media. With that, though, Dominique, this is your game. Please take us through it. How do we play Trial? Yeah, so I want to start with a bit of discussion of safety and responsibility. So the game has safety tools baked in. This is where I like to begin when I'm running it, which is the safety tools that I recommend to accompany the game is the script change tool by Brie Sheldon. And basically that means that if any... It's more of a reactive safety tool than a proactive safety tool, which means that if content comes up that makes someone uncomfortable, you can call pause, rewind, or fast forward. So pause meaning we stop and talk about what's about to happen. 
rewind, meaning you go back to before the content was introduced and sort of redirect. Fast forward, meaning it's okay that this is part of the narrative, but not in detail. I'd like to skip over this. So if I were super squicked out by insects, which I am, and someone brought up, what's an insect that scares me, but not too badly. If someone brought up bees, I might say, pause, where are you going with this? Or rewind, let's excise that from the narrative. Or Fast forward, it's okay that bees are part of the evidence in this trial, but I don't want to hear details about it. That's good. That's good. It gives us a chance to negotiate whether or not we want to stray into bee movie territory and have a bee testify. Uh. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. That's another piece of legal media that I wasn't thinking about. I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> yeah. I do. Wow. I do want to say... Isn't the setting the Yellow Jacket Lounge? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Part of why that happened is because while I was writing this game, I had like spent like an afternoon writing and was like, hmm, I can't think of a name for this bar. I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. And I went to lay down with my window open. And when I woke up, I was being menaced by a Yellow Jacket. That is precisely how Batman became Batman. <laughs> yeah! Wow! <laughs> oh, Batman became Batman by taking a gentle nap? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when, he, when he woke up, a bat was near him? That was <laughs> what, what CJ said isn't strictly accurate, but it's also not wrong either. Mm. So... <laughs> That, that's good. Okay, so then I, I think the bit of safety discussion that, that we should have is probably a little bit surrounding the tone of the game and, and the type of yes. content that we want to encounter with it because the, the premise of your game is this is a murder trial and it is a trial for a black man who allegedly killed a white woman, which I think could be sensitive especially in the world we happen to live in right now. Uh, so th this is this is a good thing for us to kind of define our parameters and, and what sort of fun we're going to have with this as we play this game. And I will say there is a lot of room for sort of situational comedy. And if you're playing a testifying witness and choose to take your testimony in a very goofy route, or say like something totally absurd happened. Like an example that came up when I ran this previously was like, oh, her body was found stuffed in the DJ booth of the club. Like that's hilarious. But there is a bit of a like gut punch at the end with the verdict. So even if the tone is kept commuted throughout the testimony, it will take kind of a turn when we find out what the defendant's ultimate fate is. Do people have preferences about how we approach like levity, like, do people feel that um, a bit of goofiness would be like disrespectful and even more upsetting or that it would provide like a bit of relief in the subject matter? What's your, what are your feelings on the, the role of comedy or the role of being kind of upbeat and something so ostensibly serious? I find that the option for goofiness is there. And then I will say like for myself, definitely like, if we're taking a bit of glee and like that someone might go to jail or might be convicted, like that's kind of where my uh, <laughs> tone line would be. But I think like based on, I know almost everyone here, like I don't imagine that oh. would be like an issue, um, but uh, I'm fine with some humor in there and we'll probably skew pretty humorous myself unless I start taking it seriously because I just want to win. 
will be, <laughs> that will probably be <laughs> my journey as a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I, I think uh, reading through the design of the game, especially with how the verdict system works, uh, this game is very clear with how it throws the punches that it's throwing satirically, which I, I think opens us up to incorporating comedy elements especially ones that are a bit overtly cartoonish or or fantasy based like you know that this this game has very clearly stated like hey the odds are stacked against the defendant here um and the thing that we are criticizing and, and taking a critical eye to is the court system and how it treats like straight up issues of justice uh so with that in mind introducing things that like the audience can all go like well nobody's a robot so you know like if we give if we give the defendant like a twin or a clone or whatever uh i I think that is a safe fantasy space where we're clearly delineating the the real things that actually happen from the silliness and probably big characters that we will be playing in this game that's that's where i'm at um, then the only other thing is, I'm sure with this group, it's not a thing that needs to be said because, uh, but we are working with safety tools. So I will say, uh, I do not want any uh, content surrounding sexual assault in this game. Uh, so let's, let's agree on that. And, uh, that's, that's all I've got. Other things that I've had come up in previous runs are, um, substance use and addiction, um, or just general like intoxicants, gun violence, like intimate partner violence. That's um, might be one of the things that we roll for, right? That's one yeah. of the options in rolling is is how the person is killed. So yeah, we might which, want to address that. After which we... I sort of want to say, like, if there are any options on the cause of death table that y'all are just like opposed to, then um, you can tell me up front. If I roll one of those, I will just re-roll and not even tell you that I rolled it. Which the options for cause of death are drowning, strangulation, a gunshot wound, lung force trauma, stabbing, or poisoning. I'm in favor of yeah. all of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is that if, when we get down to rolling your secrets and drives, if you roll a secret or drive that feels squicky to you, feel free to just re-roll. Like, I trust you all to judge, like, whether it's, like a feeling that you should lean into as opposed to something that is like actively like harmful or triggering to roleplay. Any other just content things that we should just have off the table entirely? Can I, and I just think just as I was going through the characters here, who am I playing? Can we just have that the, the arresting officer did not injure the suspect during the arrest? Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of roles here. We'll all be playing devil's advocate for something I do not agree with, but that is definitely something I don't want to role play and explain and try to explain away. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's dole out okay. characters. Let's, let's, let's do dive it. In. Yeah. The way that you play characters is like you're, you take actions as your character and then you take actions as yourself. So you're not like consistently in character the entire time. So you will have time to like transition between characters. Mm-hmm. Should I have like a dice roller thing? Yes. Um, I was going to say okay. everyone go ahead and roll a d4 for your desired outcome, which you can find on page three under the role of the players. And don't tell me your desired outcome. 
yet. I'll ask you for it later. But your desired outcome will inform your testimony, cross-examination, and your votes through all of the characters that you play tonight. Cool. The next thing is that everyone begins the game with three points, and you are responsible for tracking your own points throughout gameplay. The ways that you can gain points are outlined more extensively under the starting character section, and the way that you can spend points is outlined under the evidence section. So our next thing is that I'm going to roll for the cause of death, and I have an actual D6, so we're going to get some clacky sounds. We, we love clacky sounds. Cause of death is blunt force trauma. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So um, this is going to be gnarly, but in a good way. I'm going to have extreme amounts of fun with this. I love gross stuff. Whoever describes the condition the body was found in, tell me about the brains. <laughs> <laughs> Does, do you guys have preferences for starting characters? Is there anyone that you would like to play? Keeping in mind that two of you are going to have to double up. Well, I, I think I should not be playing a woman of color, so I'll, I'll take off the mother. Okay. And then I'm good with anyone else. Yeah, I have no preferences. I don't... Oh, there's the siren going by. As I say, I don't think I want to be the arresting officer. <laughs> I'll take arresting <laughs> officer and play it very dumb. All right. CJ, okay. you're going to be I, I, the officer. I, I have... I have prepared myself for that to be like, okay, <laughs> that's why I, like I put I put my safety forward on what yeah. I was afraid of. James, how would you feel about playing Max Bonner, the the deceased romantic interest? I love it. Yeah, that 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 I think I can handle. Cool. CJ, how would you feel about also playing the bartender Earl Frame? Sure. Cool. And who, who should I be? I was going to say for you, Roberta. And would you be open to also being mm-hmm. Emily? Okay. All right. Because certain people are playing two characters, should they be rolling for two motivations? or No. So okay. you have the same desired outcome for all the characters that you play. And James, you might also get to play another character, meaning that if it comes up throughout the course of testimony, there's someone else that I want to like subpoena, yeah. then you will be like first on deck to play that person. I, I am totally excited about that. It's, it's a really fun, it's a really fun mechanic. I love it. So your desired outcome stays the same throughout. What you do roll differently for each character is your secret and your drive. Let's start with CJ as Officer Mosley. Okay. So go ahead and roll your secret and drive for that character okay and you take an action and guided by your secret or you act to protect your secret you gain two points if you reveal your secret you immediately gain 10 points but you no longer gain points from actions taken to protect your secret gotcha and then if you take an action that is informed by your drive you gain one point dominique do we want to have those be open so the audience can be like in on it and and listen like i i i don't think this is a sort of group that it will make things harder if we're playing open face with that sort of thing because we can sort of help each other play around them i think and yeah let's do it and then the rules for evidence is that while you're testifying you can spend two points to provide evidence to back up a statement that you make and providing evidence for a statement that you make differentiates it from like it takes it from being conjecture and like what you believe happens and makes it like objective truth of the case. During cross-examination, the the other players can also spend two points to provide evidence. So you, I should roll those now though? Yes, your drive and secret. Okay, so I should tell the stuff now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Let's James, open playing it so that we know. Yeah, then go ahead and tell okay. what the secret and drive are. Okay, my secret 
is during the uh, you destroyed evidence that makes Bruce appear guilty. Whether you did this on purpose or not is determined by your desired outcome. And my drive is your handling of this case may lead to a promotion. Ooh, wow. Okay. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> love it. Seen this episode of Law and Order. <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to begin our first bit of testimony? Oh, yeah. Wait, so we, we're going to just go into his testimony? We don't roll for all our characters yet? I was going to have you guys roll before you testify so that we can Got sort it. of keep them all right. sort of love it contained. I was reading this, and I just want to check. Allie and James can object during the testimony. Yes, that's the one thing I forgot to talk about is objections. If you're not testifying, you can object. And if your objection is sustained, you get a point. And the types of objections that are baked into this game, which they're on page 10, they come from like a a bastardized mock trial objections list. And the objections are asked and answered, leading, speculation, and contradiction. Contradiction is the only one that is not a real objection in a court of law. If we know... Another objection? Can we object on those grounds? (laughs) Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I want you to know that Jonnet Week is currently in full swing. What is Jonnet Week? It's a fan-created and run celebration of everybody's favorite 15-year-old sky pirate, Jonnet Kessler from the world of Campaign Skyjacks. All week, people are showing off fan art, fan fiction, and all sorts of amazing fan works under the hashtag Jonnet Week 2021. That's J-O-N-N-I-T Week 2021. And don't worry, even though John at Week is already underway, you can still get in on the fun. Just head over to at John at Week on Twitter or johnatweek.tumblr.com to look at the rules and take flight with everyone else. As always, heroes, thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without your support, we would not be able to make shows like this. And I tell you, we definitely needed your help to make the show this week because we ran into a huge technical problem that our editor, Tracy Barnett, helped us overcome through patience and diligence. And let me tell you, heroes, those are two traits I am not famous for having. So if you like what you're hearing here, I encourage you to please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and sign up as a supporter. It pays our performers, our editors, and of course, it keeps me alive to bring this show to you. Thanks to everyone who supports us already and everyone else who's going to support us in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. If we, if we know another objection, can we object on those grounds? <laughs> Sure. Yes. Yes. I'm going to call it all. Yes. Uh, Yes. Are we rewarding (laughs) Allie Barthwell for being a big old nerd? Absolutely we are. We did a law unit in seventh grade and I was the judge and I retained one fact. (laughs) (laughs) Then yes, if you have other reasons to object, you can object and you get the point. Great. Okay. All right. Officer Mosley, let's see making sure I keep track of time so that you are not testifying for a very long time or a very short time. State your name for the record, please. Yeah, I'm Officer Clayton Goodlegs Mosley. <laughs> and 
do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth under pains and penalties of perjury? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I was, I, it was no to, no, I, 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 I won't perjure. I'm saying, yes, I will not lie. <laughs> so you do swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Oh, boy, do I. Oh, boy, yeah. Thank you, Officer Mosley. What do you do? Uh, I am a, a police officer and an avid fisherman. And um, I assume your connection to this case is by virtue of being a police officer. Is that correct? That is uh, correct. I do not frequent the Yellow Jacket Lounge except the night of the crime in which I was there as a police officer, not as a fisherman. <laughs> How... <laughs> How did you come to be involved in this case? Oh, I uh, so I uh, uh, I was on a patrol. Uh, is where we drive around, uh, waiting, uh, patrolling. Uh, you know, on the, the edge of our seat, waiting for something to happen. Got a call, uh, and then we drove thusly to there. And. Um... Before you arrived, what were you told about the scene that you were, what were you expecting of the scene? Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have these police codes and they said 187 and I was looking up what that meant in the book. Didn't find it by the time I got there. So I was surprised. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I opened my car door. And what did you find when? Oh, what did I find? Uh, I found myself. Uh, uh, go on. Oh, Sorry. Uh, no, I, I got on my dart and I found myself knocked over. What knocked you over? Uh, it was the suspect. Uh, he had been running from the Yellow Jacket Lounge and he knocked me over and somebody yelled, that's the guy. And I'm like, easy peasy, uh, you know? <laughs> um and around what time did you arrive on the scene? Oh, it was approximately 10.03 on my watch, 10.10 on the car radio, and 10.11 on my cell phone. So it seems that your watch was fast. Yes, I always set my watch fast, so I am always early fisherman's secret. <laughs> and after you were knocked over, what happened next? Oh boy, everybody really liked me. They were like, you did it. Uh, what, what a guy. Uh, I mean, you know, it was the course of my job. I don't, no, do extra, you know. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing it for praise. I was doing it because, you know, he, he was already there. And they told me to arrest him. Uh, and so, you know, I'm a people pleaser. Uh, and I, I arrested him. After Mr. Orson knocked you over, you got up and proceeded to arrest him. Is well, that correct? Yeah, uh, right. Yes, definitely. Just knocked me over, and I definitely just arrested him, handcuffs, most of the Miranda rights that I remembered, the whole thing. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I yeah, that's it. That. That's it. What, what's that? Oh, okay. I mean, it, it's your, whatever. People pleaser. <laughs> you said the Miranda rights as you remember them. Correct. Is it possible that you do not remember them according to the exact copy that you're given to memorize? Hey, anything's possible. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I don't close my heart to anything in this big blue world of ours. Uh, but it was something I did best at in my exam. I was just so nervous because 
Well, when, as I knocked him over, as he fell, I heard a clatter, clatter, uh, or maybe a ting, ting, uh, uh, a bang, bang, not a bang, bang, not a bang, bang. It wasn't a bang, bang. It was either clatter, clatter or a ting, ting. Metallic is what I'm saying. Do you ever find out what it was that fell? Uh, I mean, I was looking for it afterwards, after we uh, had secured the suspect. And, um, well, they, they, as I said, my nickname is Good Lights, and that is a bit of an ironic nickname. <laughs> my legs have gotten me into trouble more than one time. And maybe, maybe, maybe I heard that clang, clang, clang again after I kicked something into a gutter. Maybe. Is there anyone else who may have seen the the object that you believe fell from the suspect that you also believe you then kicked into the gutter? Uh, no, because nobody yelled at me. Uh, so I think I got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Objection. Speculation. <laughs> Does anyone object to the objection? Absolutely not. Stain, take the point, Allie. Okay. <laughs> oh God, this is hysterical. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Did you or any other officer with you proceed to enter the lounge or investigate oof. the crime scene more extensively? Oh, yes. Oh, oof. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, yes. What did you see inside the lounge? Oh, a terrible sight. Uh, as, as we proceeded through the lounge, we made our way. Uh, there's a there's a bit of a, a staging area. They got a bit of a stage. They do musical acts, and then in the back there, it was a a grisly scene. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, a woman had been uh, how do I put this? Uh, it looked like she had been final destination. If you are familiar with that <laughs> film franchise. <laughs> um. Where in the vicinity was this woman? As I said, it was, it was backstage between the green room and the stage. There is a, there is an area where you can sit off to the side, and there's a series of ropes and sandbags and electrical equipment. And oh, she just she took a she got a little bit of each of them, you know. Uh, I see. Uh, it seemed it it seemed at first that maybe her death had been an accident, tripped rope, whatnot, uh, falling over hitting the back of the head, slipping on water, hitting on the back of the head again, and then fell forward on stage, hit on the front of the head. Until somebody cleared up, it was more likely she was just hit with a bar three times. Um, I admit, I assumed at first a Clouseau-like accident mishap, uh, but uh, crime scene evidence suggests, in fact, it was blunt force trauma from a, a, a long, uh, solid piece of metal. I'm going to introduce evidence. I would like to present a picture of a metal pipe that is about two inches in diameter and maybe 18 inches long. Is this the the weapon that you identified on the scene? Oh, gosh, I hope so, because I hope it's not that thing I kicked down the gutter. So uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody in the crime scene said, this is probably the weapon. I'm like, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, absolutely. And who was with you that asserted that this was indeed the weapon? Uh, as I said, we have a crime scene team whose names I really should learn someday. Uh, I, it was Freckles who held up the plastic bag and said, this is probably the murder weapon. Uh, is Freckles their given name? Absolutely not. It's just the only st distinguishing mark about them that I can recognize. Noted. What else do I want to ask you? I've got like... Oh, no, what? Hey, you know, I got nothing to do today. 
<laughs> Did you encounter anyone else notable that evening, the evening of the 26th? Well, I gotta tell you, no one else ran directly into my arms. So that made that person the most likely suspect, in, in, in my opinion. And uh, uh, while well, I talked to the club owner, who, God, just these names, they escaped me. Uh, but they, uh, the club owner had suggested that he did hear a scuffle backstage. Um, also, there was a musician there performing that night. Uh, gosh, it, it was some some sort of like uh what, what do you want to say like a torch song singer real real deep voice uh and they maybe being backstage would have seen something interesting oh i had a question and i totally forgot it let's see if it comes back oh that um, happens to me all the time god <laughs> I, I can imagine was there a coroner or a medical examiner who verified the cause of death oh yeah 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 they were the ones who were real quick to tell me that my hilarious hijink accident was terrible theory and that it was in fact a murder <laughs> uh that'd be uh, uh dr connor's that name i do remember because once again they yelled at me for quite some time and to avoid their gaze i kept reading their name tag and when you first arrived at the bar was mm. it were there patrons was it crowded did it seem like it otherwise a normal night Oh, it seemed pretty frantic. Everybody's kind of running around. It seemed like that the murder had been discovered or somebody had said something and people were leaving quite quickly. Maybe that's a normal night. Uh, I don't know. I, once again, I've never been there. I prefer the serene pond over the loud nightclub. Understandable. I have no further questions for you at this time, Officer Mosley. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> Now we open to cross-examination. So James and Allie, you can ask uh, questions of Officer Mosley, if you have any. Yes, several. Uh, <laughs> so Officer Mosley, in your testimony, mm -hmm. you said that when the defendant bumped into you, someone told you, hey, arrest that person. Mm -hmm. Who told you, hey, arrest that person? Uh, I would, uh, uh, an anonymous voice that sounded something like my mother, so I felt the need to comply. Was the voice in your head? Oh, oh, this, I'm certain, no. It was absolutely a female voice, and it was absolutely, uh, I believe, older. Uh, uh, that I remarked upon that not usual nightclub scene, and once again, eerily familiar to my mother. Okay, so some sort of shadow woman told you to arrest the defendant. Do you always listen to shadow people when it is time for you to make decisions at crime scenes? Uh, well, I, I, usually I, yeah, I usually don't listen to the first person I hear. I usually, you know, like pull around. I believe we live in a democracy. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of get multiple opinions on who or who I shouldn't arrest, but in the chaos, because they were right there. And I do want to say that the, the, the suspect absolutely did, uh, uh complied, uh, and seemed said that he, 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 he seemed certain that his innocence would be proven. Okay. Very good. If I may, just one more quick line of questioning. You have said several times under oath that you kicked something away mm -hmm. and it fell into a gutter you got that did you i i did i i was taking notes and okay. boy i wrote that one down with a okay. little star next to it cool cool 
when you realized that you had kicked something into a gutter, did you tell anyone? I did say, hey, maybe check out this gutter to somebody. And I hope they also <laughs> obey ominous commands as I do. Okay, so uh, you told just somebody. Yes. Um, when you were in the backstage area yes. and there was the uh, Dr. Connor told you it could have been a metal pipe. Yes. Did you alert anyone that you had maybe seen a metal pipe outside the venue? See, the problem was I did not put that together until much later that night. You ever do that? You ever like put something together much later, like you're showering or you're about to fall asleep and bam, I get it now. Uh, My mental processes are not on trial here. <laughs> Fair. Sir. You know what? I'm sorry. Did uh, uh, you just tell me what is on trial? I will listen to you. <laughs> Uh, it is the defendant. Oh, okay. All right. All right. In case you forgot. Probably. Um, I believe, uh, I, I now pass to my co-counsel. Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, Mr. Mosley, uh, first, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned, uh, in your testimony that, uh, you consider yourself a fisherman. Is, uh, that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, yes. I make my own lures. Uh, and, uh. Do you, you and, and it says here on, on your Facebook profile that has been stated publicly in a public forum uh, that you prefer to fish in freshwater conditions. Is is that correct, Mr. Mose? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I always I always say I like my fishing like I like my asparagus fresh. OK, OK. And so I, I see here uh, a Facebook post that you made on. Uh, August the 17th of 2017 it says you caught a freshwater trout can't believe it came in at 64 inches is that is that correct mm -hmm. is that do you recognize this post Mr. Mosley yeah absolutely yeah if, if I if I I do have a encyclopedic knowledge of my Facebook postings and that does sound precise now now you are aware of course or, or are you aware Mr. Mosley that uh the record for freshwater trout caught in, in, in that water is a 59 inches. That is the largest freshwater trout ever on record anywhere. Well, then I best get Guinness on the line, I suppose. Is it possible, Mr. Mosley, that you may have exaggerated about the size of fish that you caught? Just, first of all, I will not have my, my name as a fisherman besmirched that is exactly what's on trial here mr mosley <laughs> I, I i i mentioned that as 64 inches am i good with tape measures no i am not but i tried at least twice not the closest good with tape measures there we have it your honor ladies and gentlemen of the jury the officer arresting admits that he's not good with tape measures we know that he claims he caught a fish that was 64 inches long on a lake that I frequent, wherein I caught a fish that was exactly 58 inches, which is the, high, the longest fish on record apart from the one that the defendant, I'm sorry, that, <laughs> not the defendant, you're right. Oh, He's not the you defendant. Scared me. You scared me so much for a second there. Oh, oh God. That, saying the who officer mostly claims he caught. Now, does this mean that I, in fact, caught the largest fish that's ever been caught on that body of water? Possibly. 
Probably. Congratulations. Congratulations. Is that something that maybe the Parks and Rec Department could record and maybe strike from their records, the record of Mr. Mosley's catch? I hope so. This is America. This is America. No further questions, Uh, Your Honor. Your Honor, if I may, uh, one more line of questioning. Officer Mosley. Yo. What time is it right now? Well, let's just see. On the wall, it says it's 2.05, but the old wristwatch says it is 2.15. So there's a 10-minute difference between outside time sources and the time that you keep. Well, I mean, we'd have to check with numerous other time sources to figure out just how much difference there is. But yeah, I'd say ballpark. So you say you're always early on the scene, like Mm -hmm. a fisherman. You rise early, the early bird gets the worm, and then that worm is then put on a hook and then put into water to catch a fish. That's you? That's me. That's you? That's me. Great. I would, oh, what I would like to enter into evidence. Mm. Uh. I'm going to enter into evidence the uh, the death certificate of the deceased. And it says she was found dead, or her body was found at 7.42 a.m. And the time of death was 6.30 a.m. That is a wild thing for us to enter into evidence because I believe the arrest happens at 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I can explain that. It took Where us it took us a you? long time to find the body. Uh, we looked darn near everywhere in that club. And I got it. Mosley, are you telling me it took over 12 hours for yeah. you and your team to locate the body? Okay. To be fair, we did stop halfway through for... It was too early for, for breakfast, too late for dinner, but it was a delicious slice of pizza. Okay, that's what, Your Honor, I'd like to enter into the record the term lunch. <laughs> if it's too late for breakfast, it's too early for breakfast. I really got to clarify something now, actually, in light of that bit of evidence, which <laughs> I can't believe didn't have that in my notes. So you arrive at the scene at 10, you arrest the first person who is running from that scene who happened to bump into you and that person happened to be Bruce Orson. Yes. Like three hours after, uh, four hours after the murder, three hours after the body was reported. Oh, correct. Uh, Just Cool. uh, Maybe one thing is... Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to enter into evidence that that is cool that he said that. So, Officer Mosley, was that disembodied voice that you heard, perhaps that number on the phone that you call that tells you what time it is? Oh, no, I know that. That that number and I, we are close. Uh, I've recognized that number. That number in the movie, the movie Showtime guy, those two <laughs> best friends. So you were late on the scene yes. arriving. You were, you, yes, you were late on the scene arriving. Cool. And then it took you hours to locate the body, Correct. but you still managed to arrest Mr. Orson Yes, outside of the club. Maybe one thing I didn't make clear, one reason I thought of the, the, the final destination shenanigan-like murder is that the body, and the reason it took us so long to find it, was suspended about 10 feet in the air, uh, caught up in the stage ropes. <laughs> so we kept walking under it back and forth <laughs> for hours. 
Oh, that's disgusting. I love it. Your Honor, I have, I have no more questions. Okay. I think with that, we want to do the voting part of this testimony. James, do you want to do the voting above the table as well? What's your opinion on that? That's an interesting one. I, I think while the, the secrets and drives can kind of help us play into this character's whole bit, voting might be fun to just save for the end so it's a surprise. Yeah. So CJ, I, I've been running it using the private chat function on Zoom. So can everyone private message me following? CJ, send me your desired outcome. And then James okay. and Allie, send me... Um, whether you believe the defendant is innocent or guilty in accordance with your desired outcome, unless the testimony that you just heard is in, as introduced reasonable. This episode of One Shot features music from Scott Buckley, used under a Creative Commons International 4.0 license. The track used is Sleep. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. And stay tuned after the episode for an explanation of just exactly what is it that happened to Tina. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more Trial. In the meantime, you can check out some of the other amazing shows here on the One Shot Network. Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, heroes, I want you to urge your representatives to put an end to family separation by finally reuniting detained children and their families. What happened to immigrant families under the Trump administration is monstrous. But it is also completely unacceptable that there are still children detained in the United States. It doesn't matter if we call those facilities prisons, camps, or holding facilities. They are still places where children are kept from their parents and families are kept apart. There is no world where that's okay, and it has to be our number one priority as a nation to undo that injustice. Now, when I call my representatives, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries for issues like this one, along with contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to help to help you get your message across. Calling is quick, and it can make a huge difference on critical issues. Thanks, heroes. Can I? I'm so sorry. So my headphones just died. <laughs> I don't have any other ones. You don't. You don't have any other I headphones. Have... <laughs> should have charged it before i don't know what i was thinking i have these but they only work in my iphone like with this biz oh it doesn't plug my laptop oh no i'm so sorry guys <laughs> it just turned off and you guys went quiet and i was like no <laughs> so now this is like 
And I've sort of moved my mic away from the computer and like turn. So that oh, I can tell you not is gonna not going to work. Um, <laughs> that and will you not plug work. Plug them in while you're wearing so, them, like the ear ones. Yeah. Unless I just start recording we, on my phone oh. with these. <laughs> That's, That's not. All I can do. Um, oh shit. Um, oh Tina. <laughs> let me text my neighbor. <laughs> or call him. So sorry, you guys. I feel awful. Yeah, the thing that I think we might be looking at then is <laughs> cutting Tina if we can't. <laughs> That's okay. That. If you have to, I blew it, you guys. It's on me. Let me see if I'll pick up his phone. I've never called him. I feel like he might pant. Oh. Hey, Peter, how are you? <laughs> I was so sorry. This is not oh, an emergency, no. um, but I, w I need a mega favor. Do you have headphones <laughs> that would, um, that are not like iPhone headphones? Like how? James, this is all going in, right? Oh, okay, totally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this... thrilling. You're currently using them. Oh my God, okay, no worries, thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. I got one more neighbor to call. This <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, re I truly hope this works out because Tracy, you gotta take all this audio and put it at the end yeah. of one of the episodes. like. I gotta know. <laughs> Hold on, where is my girl? Where this are you, is Julia? a treat. It's just my neighbors are so nice too. Yeah. <laughs> and you know I'm that neighbor who's like, I locked myself out. Please help me. I, Julia, I literally hi, don't think I've ever. There's uh, gotta be a blooper reel. This is absolutely not an emergency, but I do need a bigger favor. Um, <laughs> who have headphones that I can borrow? Either Bluetooth ones that are charged or ones that I could plug into a computer. <laughs> and you're using them? I, my, my neighbors are unhinged. I can't do this. If we cut Tina, my intro will be so weird. <sighs> oh, yeah. are you home? <laughs> I am home and I, I'm on a podcast. I'm trying to record a podcast, like literally right now. I want to, but you don't have to run home. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm literally on the call with these guys and they're being so cool. Um, okay, so Julia needs about 15 minutes. How does that feel? I'm fine if you guys want to just cut me. I'm on a I'm I, I kind of think, yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to stretch this out too much. I, I, no I'm so sorry. Not. It's like, on me a big time. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you guys, Julia. Thank you. You're a dear. We'll it's we'll, really we'll get okay. you someday, Tina. <laughs> I know we will. <laughs> oh. This is the second time that we've tried Thank to have so Tina on the show. And like the first you. time there was like a <laughs> scheduling conflict, like the day before. I was on oh, once though. So. Tina I was, was on, on once. once. I was, I you was were on aunt. once. You were on no, once. No, no, yeah. that will be my legacy. <laughs> 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 I 
my oh, bad, y'all. It's been a great time. Seems <laughs> amazing. What yeah. a delight. All right, Tina, <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I'm gonna leave. Uh, I you can, you can leave the call. This. Enjoy your evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. All right. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, but I what celebrate. A, what a delight. I... <laughs> awesome. Shout out to Tracy for listening to oh all God. this audio. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy, um, you you know what to do. We got it. We got to capture the fact that that happened in some way, shape, or form. Um, oh, cool. Oh, poor thing. 